Hello, and welcome to Drowning Verdict. I'm Chip Mahoney, and you're listening to my true crime podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about cases out there in the world that fascinate me. I go more in depth with the case. So thanks for joining me today. You might have found me on my TikTok where I've got some clips there of the show that led you to my YouTube. That's a good place to be. I always say that. I've got full episodes there of DV plus my other show called Shill Kill where I pair crypto and a crime together at the same time. So if you've got an interest in both as I do, go ahead and sub, come back for more. Basically get everything I offer right there on my YouTube. So Drowning Verdict is featured on Spotify and you can find it wherever you get your favorite pods out there in the podverse, that known universe where all that content swirls about. I'm there to provide maybe a unique angle, a new idea, definitely a topic of convo to keep the conversation going on open and active cases that are important. No different today because I'm talking about the Idaho college murders. And in fact, I'm giving you my theory, my idea about this, and I call it the double rejection theory. Gonna get to that in a few minutes. Before I do, I wanna thank you for being here. It's a big deal to me. You might know I'm an author. I talk about story connections, new angles, and definitely, Maybe some truth here and there if it comes to the surface. And I say that sharing is caring in true crime. So if you think it's good enough, uh, come back for more. Share with friends. means a lot to me if you do. So the Idaho College murders, you know about this stuff. You've heard all the rumors, all the speculation, everything going about in the YouTube-verse, the pod-verse, everywhere. It's a big mystery. It's a very scary mystery. Makes for, I guess, another Scream movie. So I want to bring it back a few years before I get into my double rejection theory, as I call it. And I want to go back to 1990, to the University of Florida, to the Gainesville Ripper. Maybe you've heard of that dude. So I think this case... Uh, with the Idaho murders and the Gainesville guy, the Ripper, is very similar in a lot of ways. So back then, 1990, you had the killer murder five college students, not all at the same place, but at different places, and they lived off of campus. So they weren't in a dorm or a frat house, something like that. They were in their own place. And he accessed the back door of the properties with a screwdriver made his way in and committed the murders on their beds while they were asleep with a knife. And it was horrific. It was gruesome. And in fact, sick as it sounds, it inspired the Scream movie, the OG Scream. So that was the Gainesville guy. He was a transient. He lived in the woods. Um, He had come from Louisiana into Florida after committing murders in Louisiana. And so he crossed a territory or a few boundaries, I would say, to get into Florida and do what he did. Now, the guy, his name was Danny Rowling, who was executed in 2006. He's not like the killer, I think, here in Idaho. But I just want to bring up the fact about being off of campus, being in your own housing, going in possibly the back door, Idaho College House there, and murdering people with a knife when they were asleep. Sounds a lot like the Gainesville guy, and all the blood and all the gore sounds like Gainesville to me. But I've said before, and I truly think that the killer here is a white male, but younger than the four victims. 
So in the case of Gainesville, he was older. You know, he was um, kind of an older guy, maybe in his mid-20s at that time. I don't think so here. I think that this could be a teenager. I really do. And when I talk about the double rejection, that means that there were two. So the first one I will talk about. But the second one that you're going to hear about, I have not heard anywhere. And I don't know if the cops are looking at this, but they might want to take a look. So you tell me if you think this holds some weight. Double rejection theory. I think that there was a first rejection, that there was, um, or let's say, uh, an initial rejection where the one of the girls of the four victims had a stalker and most of that stalking was happening online because these people gave tremendous access to their personal lives. And I think this killer, this person was at their property. Maybe it was a party. Maybe at some time there was a party and this killer was there and interacted with one of the girls whom he later stalked, but was rejected by her. Maybe he had hit on her, maybe she turned him down, and it didn't go too well, but it wasn't very public. It was just kind of like, you know, hang your head and walk away. Maybe that happened, and maybe he was just too young for her. Maybe it just didn't work out that way, but maybe he was inside the property, and that's why he was familiar with it, and found out a lot about who was living there and, and who these people were. But later started stalking on the back end, going on all the social media channels where it's very easy to do. Because let me tell you, you know, social media, there's a lot of bad people out there that, you know, you might have a million followers and, you know, 10% of them want you dead. So be careful. <laughs> um, but I think the stalking happened that way. And there's some insight there about TikTok, about a broken screen door and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So that's rumor speculation. But if there's no hard evidence here, you got to look at some of the things that might work for a motive. I think that could be a motive. I think that rejection could be a motive. But what's the double rejection? What's that What's that other thing that drives this? Well, you have the University of Idaho and you have a campus there and you have a place where people want to go to college and you have to be accepted to go to college there. But the University of Idaho is not that difficult to get into. It's kind of like mid-range. Of every 100 applicants there, to the University of Idaho, about 75 of them are accepted. So 25 out of that 100 are rejected. They get that letter that says, sorry, something happened, maybe apply again. So I think that was a rejection letter. I think the person, if I were writing this story, if I were writing the mystery and I thought about this, I think maybe you want to look at the rejection letters or those who had applied to the University of Idaho but did not get in. And maybe there's something to match up with because I think that this person is a recent high school graduate or possibly a dropout. And I think that this person uh, most likely came from that border coming in from the, uh, I guess it would be Eastern Washington into Idaho. So maybe that's where the killer lives. It's accessible. Now, in the case of the Gainesville Ripper, he came from Louisiana, so it was a bit of a hop, skip, and a jump over to Florida, but nonetheless, he came from another boundary, another territory, and went into a new territory. So I kind of feel if I were writing this story, I would look at the rejection letters at the University of Idaho because of the 
I think is about uh, 8,000 applicants a year. And then they have this rolling average of about 8,000 applicants and then the acceptance rate. And then the uh, the ones that stick, the ones that go there about, uh, I think it's about 1,500 a year that enroll, that, that show up. So I think you got to look at, or maybe it would be uh, something to think about, to look at the rejection those that that 25%, the 25 out of every 100 that did not get accepted in the University of Idaho in the last couple of years. I think that might be something. I think a double rejection could have amplified this killer to bring this killer from another area. And I don't think he lives out in the woods like a transient. I don't think he's spying from out in the wooded area where they live. I think possibly that this killer came from uh, that border area from Eastern Washington in, I don't know if they could come from Pullman, but somewhere in that area. And I think the killer was in that property before at a party was rejected. And when you combine it with my double rejection theory that the university rejected as well, then what's, uh, what is the killer left with? Especially if they're getting that viewpoint, that voyeurism viewpoint of another person's life after they were rejected from them personally in person and then they get to see them on social media having such closeness with another girl and in fact another couple where they're there's this closely tight uh group within a group because there were other roommates that lived in that house i believe two other people lived in that house that i don't think that they were in that close group of four so even those people living in there weren't as close as the four people which uh, one was the boyfriend who was staying over that night so looking at it from a social media POV, where someone who is in high school, someone who graduated high school, would know every social media channel there is and stare at their phone 24-7 and be obsessed by this. But what if they were obsessed and they also had a letter from the university that said you're not good enough? At a place that's uh, fairly easy to get into, get into, and I'm not saying it's like super easy to get into, but it's like mid-level. And you don't have to have ACT and SAT. You just have a, have to have a good GPA, have some things going for you. But what if you got rejected there as well? And what if you traveled into there at a party at some time before the murders took place and you really wanted to go there and you really wanted to be part of that scene? And these people had a bunch of people that were other students having a good time there and you wanted to be part of that. And what would happen if you were that young white male is what I'm saying and tried to approach this girl who they say has a stalker, who I believe has had a stalker. I think it was for one person that all of these people died. Uh, and what if you had approached her at that party, had a few drinks, and she was she was having fun with everybody else, but not with you. And maybe you were too young for her, or maybe she just didn't even want to talk to you. Maybe it was just having a bad evening. And then you go back and you look at that rejection letter and you look at the things that you don't have. And then maybe you would uh, be able to chill out. But you know what? You've got that social media harping on you all the time. You can't resist looking at the Instagram or the TikTok. And they're having the time of their lives without you. You're not invited. I don't like you. And the university says you're not good enough. Is that motive enough to cross into that new territory where you don't live? and make a statement because you can say, you know what, maybe I got rejected, maybe you don't want me, but here's what I can take. Here's what I can do because you're blissfully unaware. You have no idea what I'm capable of. Now, isn't that 
a plot line to a Scream movie? Isn't that what we've seen before with the type of killers that they invent in those movies? If Danny Rowling, the psychopath murderer, the Gainesville Ripper, um, had inspired Scream, then I do believe in that art life connection. I think that maybe this person is heavily influenced by stuff like that. Why not? Why not? Because you know what? They always get their 15 minutes of fame somehow. But here, this killer in this mystery is, I just set it up like a movie that is just hard to solve. It's hard to solve unless you have that detective or somebody to figure out in the last act and survive it to capture you. So I'm trying to do that right here with my double rejection theory. I don't think anyone's talked about it. Maybe the cops are looking at it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're uh, that um, type of uh, police outfit there that they would think about this stuff. But I would look at some of the things that you can look at is let's look at the University of Idaho. Let's look at who had applied within the last couple of years and who did not get in. And does it match up with any of the stuff that we see on a camera somewhere or some of these other uh, things that are kind of suspicious? Does it match up in any way? Well, if I were writing the movie to the next Scream, you know, Scream 6 is going to be in New York City, but Scream 7 is going to be in Moscow, Idaho. It's going to be a high schooler who went to that party, tried to hit on that girl, got rejected, saw all the stuff happening on social media, had already applied for the University of Idaho and got rejected too. And can't even go there and can't go there. No one wants you there. And maybe for Scream 7, he would put himself there for just one night. What do you think about that? What do you think about my double rejection theory? Let me know if you got any comments. But thank you for visiting with me this time on Drowning Verdict. I'll have more for you next time. I look forward to it. Thanks for being here. Good night.